0: The only thing higher than O'Neal Cruz's ceiling is his own confidence in his ceiling. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and/or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins, the other two teams I cover, and I hope you'll check those out as well. If you read my written work, On DK Pittsburgh Sports. First off, thank you, because it is a subscription site. And second, I hope that you uh, saw the stuff that I was writing from Bradenton earlier in the week, in particular, an annual column that I do attempting to survey the clubhouse to see who will be the next big breakout player. It's a fun thing that I've done, not to be taken too seriously, but last year, Brian Reynolds was the one that pointed across the room and said it's going to be Jack Sawinski, even though Sawinski was ticketed for Altoona. Dude, just totally nailed it. So this year I went around the room, got a bunch of different things. All of that's in the column. Again, I hope you can check it out. I'll leave a link on our YouTube file and other places where you might listen to Daily Shot. But I eventually get to O'Neill Cruz to ask him his, and I wasn't using an interpreter. I'm always really careful in those situations because I, I don't want to ever put anybody in a position where they can get misquoted or say something awkward in what's not their own language, what's not their primary language, and his English is actually getting a little bit better. So I explained to him what this exercise was, but I put it in the simplest terms without you know appearing to be insulting or anything. And he's kind of looking at me funny, and I'm giving him some of the names that other players have given me. Breakout guys like Jared Triolo, the defensive third baseman, like Matt Gorski, home run hitter. And he looks at me, his, his smile, you know, that big, big smile he has. And it gets super wide, and he goes, Me. And that was the end. He turns and walks away. It was fantastic. Like, I was ready to write the entire column around this scene because you know what? He's right. He is that guy. He absolutely is. He should be anyway. And he knows that. He knows that. He knows that he hasn't had a full breakout in the bigs until he does it over a full calendar year. And if you look at his stats, From last year. And yeah, I know what the circumstances are, but I'm going to read them to you anyway. He ended up with 331 official at bats. He batted 233, 17 homers, 54 RBIs, 10 steals. He ended up with a 744 OPS. You know, and I know, and he very much knows that's not who he is as a player overall. However, that's reflective and accurate of the type of rookie season that he had. Came up, showed you occasionally something that would make you go, wow, and then he'd go three, four games of absolutely nothing, swinging out of the zone, swinging out of his shoes, and it wasn't going well at all. There was even, I don't think it was justified, but murmuring that he could end up going back to the minors. And then he figured stuff out. He shrunk the strike zone. He started swinging at pitches that were at least somewhere in the zip code because he can put any of them out, and he did put some of those out, and he got more confident and more comfortable, including defensively. Sure, he would make those goofy throwing errors that you didn't really understand because, I don't know, he wouldn't set his feet right or whatever. Nobody with the Pirates really seemed to come up with a good answer for that either, as many times as I'd ask. But you saw all of it come together and you saw a player by late August and all the way through September who was what you'd want to see, meaning in that time, at that trajectory. But what we're going to see in 2023, if he has his way, obviously, won't be anything akin to those numbers. That I just read to you. So, what might they be? What do you think that they'll be? Could you see him hitting? I mean, you'd figure he could hit 30 homers by accident, right? Let's just start with those. Doesn't that seem realistic? He hit 17 and really was only productive, generally productive at the plate for about a month and a half. I could see him excuse meing his way to thirty home runs. So what's the ceiling there? Can I say forty? Can I say that the Pirates haven't had a forty home run hitter since Willie Stargell? No kidding. Brian Giles hit thirty nine, but nobody's hit forty since Willie had forty four. What about the steals? What about with these new rules? He had ten steals. Dude can absolutely fly like the wind. Does he have all the polish and everything else that you'd want, be able to read pitchers, whatever? It might not matter. They only get 2 pickoff throws now. There's a pitch clock in place. The bases are three inches bigger. Advantage runner. How high can that figure go? Could he be a 30-30 guy? Am I saying this? <laughs> Could he be a 30-30 guy? RBIs, they're not a, a skill. They're, they're something... They're a happenstance. If you do these other things, the RBIs will come. And a lot of it's, so much of it's out of your control, including, obviously, whether or not somebody else is on base. So I don't pay too much attention to that one. It, there are guys who are better in those situations than other, but I don't see it as a skill. That brings us to batting average and on-base percentage. Last year, I mentioned he hit 233. He also had a 294 on on-base percentage. That's not good. Uh, Neither of them, actually, but that last one in particular. But again, I just don't look at someone with this natural God-given ability and say to myself, he's going to stay stuck on a 294 OBP. He's going to find a way to reach base more often. I don't know if he's ever going to draw a ton of walks, but you did notice that he was drawing some in late August and into September, right? So what's the ceiling there? Like 350? I know, I'm going way too high. But when you watch this guy, when you appreciate who he is, uh, what his personality is on top of that, and then factor in that he's only 24 years old, why put any kind of cap on him? You know, we have no idea what this dude's gonna be when we come back, J1Q. And it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. today's j1q comes from casey who coincidentally asks what's this team's ceiling and what's this team's floor all right well we can stay with the ceiling theme here even if it's by accident if you're talking about a record for 2023 first of all i'm not all that invested in that specific subject just yet i want to see how this team gets through grapefruit league I want to see how, in particular, this team's starting pitching comes around. Uh, if you see a clean bill of health for all these guys, the, the projected starters, and you see a continuation, in particular, for Mitch Keller and Rowanzi Contreras from where they were last year, and I'll even throw in JT Brubaker because of the way he finished in September. I'm not one of those people who gives up on Brubaker. I I like him. I think there's something there, and I think it's worth continuing to pursue. That's that's going to be what decides, especially the early part of this season. Now, if I were also to see, say, for example, Quinn Priester, Mike Burrows, and they start pitching well, and they do really well in spring training, whether it's in big league camp or not. Luis Ortiz, Johan Oviedo, you're getting into a different dialogue now because what you start doing then is you start looking at the schedule. And I've done this. You look at April and look at May and say, all right, what out of these are going to be tough series? How difficult is this early stretch going to be? Because then they just might have to, you know, kind of survive or tread water for a couple of months Then these kids come up from Indy, and that's what's ultimately going to decide this season. I hate to lay that on them, but hey, this offense looks extraordinarily different, for example, with Andy Rodriguez behind the plate rather than 163 hitting Austin Hedges. That's no slight on Hedges as a big league ball player. He is an elite defensive catcher. But if it's either Andy or it's Henry Davis and they come up and they hit the way they're expected to hit relative to their pedigree, it changes the whole lineup, the whole lineup. What if someone were to take off, let's say, at the third outfield position? What if someone were to just, you know, say, pull a Sawinski and and come up and just do really, really well? Okay, not least of whom could be Sawinski himself, I should add, then the team takes on a totally different look. They finally have some production coming from first base, as opposed to the black hole that they had last year. They might get some pop out of Kibrian Hayes. You know they're going to get some pop out of the two middle infield spots, and you know what you're going to get, for the most part, from Brian Reynolds and Andrew McCutcheon. But that starting pitching... That's your ceiling. Now, your floor, since you asked that as well, is that your pitchers get hurt. I'm going to start with injuries because that's the way GMs think, too you'll lose a starting pitcher or two that you can't afford to because you don't have that either. Don't have that kind of depth right now, or you can't afford for a bunch of reasons to force kids into those roles. And that's when you start finding your Cody Ponce types and whatever to kind of fill out innings. And that's when it gets really ugly, you know, Bryce Wilson, all that stuff. This team has a chance. And that's all I'm saying is a chance to be decent. And maybe even a little bit more. I'm not going to throw out records yet. I told you. I'm going to I keep insisting on this. I'm not doing that until the week of the opener in Cincinnati. But the floor could be what we just saw. Because it's what ends up happening is you start moving guys at the deadline. Veteran guys. Carlos Santana goes. G-Man Choi goes. I don't think they'll trade Kutch. I don't think there's any circumstance in which they trade Kutch. That would be kind of self-defeating toward all the positive uh, feel that came of his return. But Rich Hill, these other guys, they can all go, and then you're left with a, you know, a a a wastebasket of a final two months. That's why record predictions are so, so hard with this team. Because when you get to the trade deadline, if they just start selling off, whatever it was that you thought of the team's caliber doesn't apply for the full 162 games. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll be back with another one of these on Monday.